Hello, I am Laura Mills, and I am your new podcast host. Um, Grace, the old podcast host, has left, so I will be covering, which means you have to get used to a whole new voice now. (laughs) And the podcast is going to be a little bit different. Grace had a very specific style, and we're not going to try to replicate that. We're going to kind of go in a different direction with the podcast, and we're pretty excited for it. So I hope you guys will be too. With this podcast, it's just an interview. It's my first time editing and creating a podcast, so please be patient with me. It's an interview with the creator of the Somewhere In Between comic. Honestly, they have some incredible things to say, and we got a lot of content, so it's going to be a long podcast, but we're really excited to share it with you. Reminder to check us out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash queer history and we're also on facebook instagram and tumblr and you should check us all out there to keep up with the project all right let's get in first let's do a really quick overview of name and pronouns sure yeah yeah uh she her is totally fine all right uh and uh just you can call me grace or gracie it doesn't really matter to me all right fantastic um i'm laura and i also use she her cool all right fantastic so first, how would you describe the Somewhere in Between comic? Uh, I would describe it as a kind of like, as like about bisexuality and, and genderqueer experiences uh, and use really my own experiences, but it's gotten a bit wider. So now I don't even know what it is. It's just, it definitely does talk about bisexuality especially in genderqueer stuff that I'm going through right now, but it's kind of, now it's, I think it's become more of a reflection of me in a way and just whatever I'm going through uh, currently. Um, but I try and have a humorous bent on those topics. And like just coming from me, I think that really sort of adds to the charm of the comic is that it is about you and it's about a person and it's not just about, you know, the queer experience as a whole. It's just about a person who exists and who is queer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I sort of, like, believe that I, I think a lot of people, like, you know, they'll try and, like, get into these, like, well, we want to tell, like, a universal story. But I think, like, when you get into a more kind of, I think actually going more individual and going more personal that combines the right amount of like familiarity of like oh I've been through that or even if I haven't directly been through that experience like I can relate to it or empathize with it um and then like the person the personality of the individual is what gives it the novelty and texture so that like prevents it from being bland but also I think that's why representation is so important and there's been this real emphasis on people pulling from their own lives and experiences and I think it's been really great and I hope that this comic in its own small way is uh, contributing to that tapestry. It definitely is and from my perspective at least and I definitely agree with you honesty can be one of the most relatable things in the end even if it's this weird experience that we think no one else has we come out with it and people are like, oh no, I felt that too. You put words to it. Thank you so much. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty exciting. And like as a writer myself, that's one of the things I always strive for. Yeah, that's absolutely one of the things that I want to do with the comic. And I'm so glad you feel that way. Yeah. Um, what made you start the comic, actually? Uh, what made me start it was I was sort of like, 
uh, when I first started it, like last year, I was sort of like half in, half out of the closet. Like, I, I mean, all my friends knew I was kind of like out in my personal life and like some of my relatives knew and some of I did it and some of them didn't. And so there was that whole dimension of like, oh, I want to express myself in this way. And the other half of it was like, as an artist, um, I always wanted to do comics, but I was always afraid to, not because like I was worried about my drawing ability so much. It was more like, I was really worried about like panel layout because my background is in animation and you know, like people always describe like I'm a storyboard artist and people always describe, oh, storyboarding is like their comic book panels, but not really because like the camera is never going to change size. Like it's very rare for films to like change aspect ratio. Um, and so you're always moving the camera. So if you look at the very early, uh, somewhere in between strips, like I think the first six, like they're all like very like widescreen, like each panel is like a widescreen in a movie. And I'm not really like experimenting at all with panel layout cause I'm too afraid to. Um, but basically actually like the first, the first comic, the first strip I did was, you know, it was is just a, like a real thing. Like I was sitting in the car cause I was going out to dinner with my parents and like my mom like had a coworker where she was like, she was shocked that she was a lesbian and that she, cause she always talked about camping and her partner. And it's like, I was like, God. And then I just made some joke. I mean, how I just, I just said, Oh, what did she like not have wear Doc Martens that day? And they were like, what's Doc Martens? And so there was just such this disconnect and I felt so disconnected from that. And I thought it was so funny, but I was kind of like, oh, I can't really, I can't really tell people about this except like my friends and stuff. And so I was like, well, I, I want to make this a thing. I have all these feelings about like my experiences and I wasn't really seeing a whole lot of discussion of bisexuality from a bi perspective, uh, at least in comics. There are a couple other comic strips. I think there's like Why Not Both, which is another comic on Tumblr and there's, there's been more, I'm sure, but it's like I was looking for like this personal thing. And so it's a combination of those things that made me go, okay, well, I should just put my money where my mouth is and, and do it myself. Well, I'm glad you did. And I'm sure a lot of other people are too. Um, have your expectations for this project changed since you began the project? Because you touched on that a little bit earlier, but I'd like to explore that a bit. Yeah, so like... I initially, I really wanted the comic to have like a very, I wanted it to just be like me. I was like, I, I, I'm like, I'm not going to talk about anything like super like political all the time. And like, I'm just, it's just going to be like little life stories. It was going to be very slice of life. And also like just visually, it was going to be like, you know, just a very regimented style. Like I think, again, if you look at like the first, six maybe even less than that strips I did it was like very regimented the color palette was like was the bi flag colors like for each strip it was like one blue one purple one pink and then I was like okay when I start talking about like when I finally get the gumption to start talking about like my gender queer stuff I'm gonna like do the gender queer colors and that was it but I quickly kind of like I got bored with that and what doomed me and the comic to look different because the thing about it is, like, I'm really bad at branding because every strip kind of looks a little bit different from every other strip. I don't have a real regimented style. Is I was listening to a panel uh, that Rebecca Sugar was doing, and she was talking about the comics that she had done earlier in her career. And she was saying, like, 
yeah, I kind of like when somebody does, like, every comic a little bit different, because they're figuring it out, and then I was like, that's what I like, too, and so then it's like, okay, now I have to do this, because that's that's more true to what I do in life, as if you see, if anyone's seen, I don't imagine I have it, my main art blog, which I think is linked on the comic, like, every other thing is, like, totally different in terms of style, because I want to try out all the styles, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, it, it's completely doomed my schedule, because I think I started, I think at one point I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have two out a month, and I think the last two months I've had, like, one out, um, just because, like, you know, I just, like, it spends, it, and it's not even that they're that elaborate, the one I just, at the time of this recording, the one I just came out with was pretty elaborate, because there's, like, five zillion rose petals on it, um, but, uh, it's like, I will, like, there's no set color palette, there's no set character design, there's, I just will just, like, try and do everything from scratch, and it still ends up looking like me, because, you know, it's like, that's kind of the thing with style, it's ultimately a fingerprint, but I would say, like, production has slowed down, because I've wanted to make it more unique and personal, and so my expectations have kind of changed, and it's become a lot less regimented, uh, Definitely. That, that's really interesting because, like, for me personally, mm-hmm. when I started my project, very much the goals I had in mind, I was like, mm, I'm going to be as nonfiction as possible and not let mm-hmm. any of, like, my personal stuff leak into this because that's what I read from nonfiction. And, but I'm naturally a fiction writer and mm-hmm. you can very much see the progression throughout my work where I started, like, letting my own narrative slip in even though I wasn't that good at stopping it from the beginning. But that, that's interesting to know that you sort of have your own way of doing that in a completely different medium. All right, so what has the response to this project been so far? Um, It's been pretty overwhelmingly positive. You know, I wasn't like, I would say like the most, like it's been like, yes, I like this for the most part. Uh, the only time I've ever sort of gotten any kind of pushback was sort of the post-election anti-fascist comic I did, uh, where I completely fucked up, and I was, you know, I was trying to, like, okay, who can I include in this? Who's, like, gonna be, like, the, the, you know, the five fingers of the fists that'll break fascism, and it's, like, I totally forgot Jewish representation, which was a huge blunder on my part, because I was sort of using Nazi imagery as, like, the symbol of international fascism. Mm-hmm. And and so not every... Some people were like, huh, that's weird. And then some people, like, wrote me and were, like, deeply hurt. And some people were more... You know, people have different mm-hmm. reactions to that sort of thing. And then the second I saw it, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> it's just like, I can't believe I forgot this. Like, it was so... It was just stupid. And it was even more complicated because I was like, while this was happening, I was literally on a plane. So I couldn't, like, immediately rectify it. And then I was, like, it was, like, just, like, I think 24 hours because, like, I didn't have access to my computer and things like that. And, you know, that's, like, a million years in in internet time. Uh, And so, and there was a little bit of a back and forth and discussion about, like, well, how should that, like, what should that look like, you know, in terms of representation and stuff like that. And there were a lot of different opinions because, you know, there were Jewish people I was talking to who were quite secular and who were quite religious versus, like, and had very different feelings about, like, 
you know, ethnic minorities, or Jewish people as an ethnic minority versus, like, the state of Israel. So it, just, it got into this whole labyrinthine thing. So I revised the comic. Uh, it's there, the version that, you know, doesn't have that still exists, both on my page, because I don't want to try and hide that I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, I can't avoid it. Like, it's been reblogged, like, a bunch of times. Um, and I did try and, like, reach out to, like, people I saw who were, like, sort of, like, I don't know what you call it, where, like, they reblog it, and then they just have a ton of followers, but, like, the more viral people, and be like, hey, can you, like, reblog this? And they were, like, totally understanding and have helped me out proliferating that version of the comic. Uh, the only, the other side to that was, uh, I didn't realize there were neo-Nazis on Tumblr, but I quickly found out. Yeah. Uh. And he was like ridiculous, like pictures or something. And we were just like, well, we have to delete this for a couple hours. And we uh, turned off Anon for a while. Yeah. Oh, no. It was, yeah. I, I didn't get trolled like that badly, though, thankfully. Like, I got the kind of troll that's like, I'm going to write you like a 45 page essay, which yeah. <laughs> is significantly better. Like, it's significant. It's still like garbage. Like, there is another guy. Uh, there very recently it was like it was a it was a thing I did about uh protesting and like feminism and stuff like that and somebody was like oh like what are like the challenges that women in the West face and I was like dude I know you're baiting me I know you want me to get into this and so I, I just like I think I like in my notes on my phone it was like really late and I was going through some stuff and so I was like fuck it and I just was like wrote this like really long thing about, like, you know, it's, like, women of color, and the happen, it affects people differently, like, it's the, it's the, blah, 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 and, and access to reproductive rights, and, like, trans healthcare, blah, and then finally I was, like, 
wait a minute, I'm just going to look at this guy's page. And then I realized, oh, he just does this all the time. He just goes and bathes people and will write, like, million-page essays. And I was like, what is he actually reading? And the best line I got, because was he was they were, they were debating, like, uh, same-sex marriage. And he the, the most beautiful line was he was like, you might think I hate the homosexual, but that's not true. Once upon a time, I was gay. Oh <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you don't have issues at all. You're just fine. So, like, now once upon a time, I was gay has become a meme with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> time I got one comment on one of my articles which was like hey Iran has a problem because like it was about um the transgender woman who changed Iran's policies on gender confirmation okay. surgeries and someone commented they're like oh yeah they do this to gay people and stuff I'm like yeah I talked about that in the article I'm like okay click on it so I can you know go reply to their thing and then their their title was like clits for girls or something ridiculous like that I'm like and oh, their God. description was like swerf turf something there were ones that i didn't even recognize i'm like wow you're bigoted in ways that i don't even know about that's impressive i'm gonna go and block you yeah honestly like we could this could get totally derailed with just talking about like trolls and stuff like that but honestly the most fascinating thing i find is going through, like, because the neo-Nazi thing was fascinating to me, because, like, they would all talk about, like, how their parents didn't know, which was, this is post-lecture, so it was very disturbing. Yeah. Uh, to be like, you know, my parents, they, I told them I wouldn't date an ethnic girl, and it's like, wow, like, this is, like, happening under their roofs, and they just, like, their kids are literally getting radicalized by far-right groups, and they don't know about it at all. But, like, just looking at their personal posts, they just treat it like a diary, and it's, like, really sad and weird and strange, and it's, like, you could do, like, a vagina monologue just for trolls, like, like, it's just so, it's so, anyway, it's totally, like, I've, I've seriously thought about that, like, oh, man, I should do, like, a reading series of, like, all the weird, because, like, once upon a time I was gay, it's just too good a line, like. It really is. Sometimes I'm impressed by, like, how unself-aware they are and they just say these things and you're like you've just proved yourself wrong in your own argument what are you doing i i recently got in an argument with someone on my facebook like my personal facebook which is very rare because i'm like i want to keep politics out of it because i'm political the rest of my life so i'll keep it off that one social media but um this one guy posted this really racist thing and i was like hey what are you doing and he was being super gross in patronizing in response. And I was like, you know, I could respond to this seriously, but he's not going to believe me because, you know, he perceives me as a woman. So whatever. And it would just make me annoyed. So what is going to be a lot more fun is I'm going to respond to this like white, straight, cisgender, mansplainy guy as if I was a white, cisgender, mansplainy guy. <laughs> And I pulled every single thing he was pulling on me back at him. I'm like, I think you're getting a little emotional. Do you want to take a second? Do you, do you know what? I'm going to give you some space to figure out your thoughts. I'm going to give you some time. This argument. And I used every single thing he was using against me. And he ended up, like, I ended up blocking him in the end. And he, like, 
contacted my partner. And they're like, this was a surreal oh, no. experience. And it like, is Laura, what's happening? This was so surreal for me. I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, oh no, I, I, I don't care. And my partner's like, <laughs> oh God, that's, I gotta try that sometime. Oh, cause, oh yeah. That, cause I got some relatives where it, it got pretty heated. I was at a family function not too long ago and, uh, some of it, it it's like they're Canadian too. So it was like, it got like, I got pretty like indignant about things. So I think sardonic condescension might be another rhetorical strategy I have not tried yet. It definitely is. But yes, sorry, let's bring this back onto a sort of point. Though I could rant about trolls online for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, this comic has mainly explored personal experiences, and actually, in relation to the troll things, let's just lean into this topic of conversation. How does that affect when you do get hate? Because, like, you are putting personal experiences out about yourself. And I don't generally do that, but I could... From what I imagine, that could be really devalidating and sort of almost scary when people are, like, attacking your personal experiences that you've lived. Yeah, well, that's that's a good question. And, and I should preface it by saying, like, I don't get that much hate. Like, really, I don't. Like, I get, I have friends who, like, get way more hate online. Like, I, it's very rare so far. Um, mm-hmm. The likelihood is only going to go up when I, as I, like, hopefully I can grow my audience and stuff like that. But the thing about, like, because I do, like, the, the most recent comic I did, like, it was not, it's not a funny comic. It's, like, a relative said something, like, hurtful to me, and it's kind of sincere and, like, sad a little bit. And so I was, I kind of hesitated because I was like, oh, because first of all, like, humor can be, like, a means of, like, deflecting things, because it's like, I have the upper hand because I'm the one making the joke. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but as I get into more, like, and I do plan to get into a little bit more sincere topics I have thought about that and actually like my guiding light in terms of like personal stuff has always been like uh David Sedaris who I've read since I was a little kid and I've like way too young to have been reading David Sedaris <laughs> but um like I, there's an interview because he his, he's probably he's written like fiction but he's also written his most famous stuff is like this kind of personal funny but sad like childhood stuff mm-hmm. and stuff about his family and somebody in an interview asked him well like how do you how does your family feel how do you feel about like putting all this personal stuff out there like does it does it hurt your feelings if somebody's mad or whatever and he's like well I haven't actually like said anything all that personally like in the the interview was like, yes, you have. He's like, no, think about it. What do you actually know about me or my brother, like, or anybody, a member of my family? You know that he has, like, this lawn ornament that I think is funny, and, and like, he kind of is a hick, and that's all you know about him. And he's like, and I also, and he also, like, he never mentions his longtime partner that he's been with. Like, he, he mentions him in passing, but he's never really written uh, personal stories about him. He's kind of an enigma in the work. So that's like something I very, very much interested in of like I'm, whoever I'm like with, like what I'm writing, like I, unless I have their permission, I don't really get into it. But like, he's like, all the stories I tell are stuff I would tell you at a cocktail party anyway, even embarrassing stories about my family. Um, like, they're stories they would tell you and that they think are funny and ridiculous. So 
approach I take, like everything I've done that's like from my personal experience, like I think it's funny. And I think there's a power in humor and it's like the tell the person who's telling the joke. And the thing about trolls is a lot of them see are like failed comedians and they're like, they're not very funny. <laughs> so I would be like much more hurt if they were like bitingly satirical. Uh, as they fancy themselves to be, but they're just really not. It's just not, like, funny. Even in the construction of the joke, it's not even, like, the use of offensive terms or anything It's like that. It's just, like, that's a poorly worded phrase. Like, <laughs> if I were insulting me, I would take a completely different tack. Um, so that's kind of the approach I take, is, like, a lot of the personal stuff, like, even, like, the most, the, the more serious stuff I plan to get into, it's only stuff that I've, like, personally processed, and it's stuff that, like, if you know, I was just talking to somebody and I was like, I was having a conversation like you and I are having now. It's stuff I would tell you anyway, you know? So it's, it's really just things I've, because I've processed it and thought about it. It's like, it's become a part of my identity. There's stuff that I haven't publicly talked about because I'm still working through it. And that like will only be published and written when I'm like, I've worked through it. So it's not even like, I'm not even really, I, it seems like I'm giving people ammunition, but I'm really not because it's like, it's older stuff that I'm over or I've, I've come to accept or I think is funny. Definitely. That makes a lot of sense. How do you feel your like personal experiences and your, how do I describe this? Your personal experiences and your comic as a, like a whole adds to the queer dialogue and what do you hope it's doing? Well, this is kind of interesting because, like, I always try and, like, write something that, or go at something for, like, where is, what are people not talking about? And that was kind of, like, that was the whole conception of the the comic is, like, I felt like there wasn't a lot of, at least in my corner of the internet, there wasn't a lot of, like, meaningful dialogue about, I mean by that is what I was it was a lot like definitional stuff mm-hmm. of like you know it's attraction to two or more genders and like you shouldn't ask people like you know what percentage are they and it doesn't really matter even if you have like a little bit or a lot of like attraction towards one end of the gender spectrum or the other like that you still count and you're you're by you're always by enough and stuff like that and like I was like, okay, but this is like, this is very like defining it for other people, which is important. But I think to move forward, part of it is like just getting beyond that and trying to like be like, this is what it's like to live your everyday life. And these are what experiences are similar. And this is what experiences are different. And this is how you like fit in as like a separate segment of the queer community. And so I think that's kind of what I can contribute to I want to try and contribute to the dialogue is getting beyond this kind of basic activist outreach of like definitional stuff and put a more human face on it and I want to see like more my creators uh, come out and talk about it and be very direct about it um, because that sort of like shapes how people think about bi people uh, beyond just like when I was a kid like part of the reason it took me so long to come out was because like the only conception of a bi person was like a female celebrity who would say she was bisexual. Maybe she wasn't, maybe she wasn't, but it was like treated very salaciously by the press. It was always looked on with suspicion and it just wasn't very human regardless of what the person's orientation actually was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's kind of what I want to get at with the comic. All right, definitely. So this is like, 
something that I think about a lot and that I really put to other projects and like try to see what projects I want to push forward and what projects I want to support is how they'll be viewed in history and how we'll look back on them and be like, is this a project that was helping, that was doing great things and all that kind of stuff? Or was this a project that wasn't really helping people and wasn't really that was had negative aspects and I'm not saying your project is all that but I was actually mean to ask how do you want your project to be remembered in the coming years in the coming decades oh uh, well I think kind of like what I was saying like I what was part of the bi experience like in the first half of like the 21st century and like where did they falter and what was their point of view and like are the jokes still funny because that would be nice if they were <laughs> Um, and how does this relate and how is this helpful in like adding to like a bigger dialogue about bi people, uh, at this point in time. So I, I hope it's remembered like that as adding to that narrative so that people can not only have an understanding now, but when we're all dead and gone, have an understanding in the future. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, are there any queer projects you look to for inspiration in how you want to be? Is there any projects that you remember that have your, you want your project to have a similar legacy to? Yeah, actually, um, before I started doing it, I, I was looking around for, for bi comics in general, or just queer comics in general, and I really, uh, one of the big inspirations for the comic, even though I think it's it's straight a lot from it, is a Trans Girl Next Door uh, by Annie Wu, I believe is her name, uh, which, if you're not reading that, you should be. It's just, like, it's, like, tremendously funny and just relatable and it does like kind of the day-to-day of like you know she's a trans woman in los angeles and like what's that like and just like basic things and like how dating's complicated and stuff like that and it's just it's really wonderful in terms of style and sense of humor and she always makes her deadlines which i'm like how (laughs) um like stylistically i think my comic is like far afield because she has a very consistent like style in terms of like how she draws her characters and layout and stuff like that but she's just always always funny and so and and making her experience very relatable as someone who's like not a trans woman i like find it like just as entertaining as like any like comedy show that like wouldn't have a queer character on there or at least not as the main character so that's definitely one for for this project that I'm like over the moon about and I super love. Alright, um, so I saw, at least in one of your comics, a reference to queer history, which I'm always here for, because that's everything. Um, but in relation to my project or in relation to queer history as a thing, are there any queer historical figures that you look up to? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a big I've been following your your guys' project for a while and because I'm a history buff. Um, but I, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of the usual suspects. Um, I really admire Frida Kahlo and all her work and just her life in general. And just like, when you look at like purely like her medical problems, it was like extraordinary how prolific she was with just the amount of like, you know, just living she had to do while like going through all this process of like injury and surgery and all that and like not being taken seriously when she was saying she was in pain by doctors and stuff like that but just like her style and her work is just so extraordinary and also bisexual lady so yay 
Um, Virginia Woolf is also one. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't really come to till college. Like I read A Room of One's Own and then I read Alice Walker's response to it, which is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just sort of her whole relationship to uh, anxiety and depression as well was kind of interesting to me. Uh, like, obviously, like, I don't know that any of the historical figures I look up to are perfect, but, um, they certainly have aspects of their life that I find not only fascinating, but in some ways inspirational. Well, not to be like, if you like this, then you'll like this, but I am going to be like that. Just from the two that you said you were interested in, one that you might want to look into is Sophia Parnock. We recently did an article about her, and she has a really interesting life in general. Um... And it seems like her life may be another one that is similar in ways to Frida Kahlo's and to um, Virginia Woolf's, but also very different in other ways. So if you wanted to check it out, you should definitely check her out because she's also another incredible one. Absolutely. That sounds great. And last big important question. How can people support your project? Good question. Um, well, right now, uh, I am planning to eventually do the whole Patreon deal, but I've been slow to get that going because uh, I do kind of have a job at this point, and so I'm not super hurting for money, but I would kind of love it as like a kind of tip jar thing and then a way to interact with people more directly. But other than that, right now is just reblog from the original post. Like, if you like a comic and you see it and you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, it's cool to like it, but if reblogs really do help and in terms of spreading the comic around and people seeing it, and then that's sort of the best way right now before I put up any kind of financial thing, and I will make a big stink about that when I finally do have it up. But for right now, just keep circulating the links. All right, and definitely we will be reblogging that when it goes up, so you can also check our project if you want to keep up with your project. Because it yeah. Will, yeah, we'll reblog your Patreon link so people can see that as well. Are you just on Tumblr? Is there any other social media you're on? Yeah, um, I'm on Tumblr. I'm also on Twitter at uh, Grace the Mace. I've gotten this Mace M A C E. Uh, I've gotten a lot less interesting on Twitter because uh, I I'm working on a game right now and my boss follows me on Twitter, so it's kind of like this whole, like, oh, I can't do, like, 80 political posts a day, um, but uh, once I'm off that, uh, once I'm, after June, uh, it should start to get interesting again, um, but, uh, and if you, like, want to hire me for something, you can look at my portfolio at, at gracieanimator.com, and you can get in touch with me through there that's crazyanimator.squarespace.com I should have said that and maybe I'll do a commission but I'm not really right definitely anything else you want to promote no just the dignity of the human spirit (laughs) (laughs) all right fantastic so I love talking to you goodbye all right so that was the podcast thank you so much to Gracie who let us interview her and she honestly had so much interesting things to say um, you should definitely check out her webcomic on somewhereinbetween.tumblr.com. And thank you all for staying on, and thank you all for staying patient. And we hope to be bringing you more content. We're not sure when the next podcast will be coming out, but the next podcast will not be an interview, but will be 
more in the style of making queer history. So we're excited to share that with you when it comes. And thank you again so much for staying with us. Check us out on Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Bye.